0: This is the Urban Cycling Institute podcast. We have today with us here our guest, who is Taya Chorris from uh, DTV Consultants. And he is really the the expert on this topic, a practitioner and uh and you work on capacity building, correct, for other countries?
1: Yes, perfect. Uh, thanks, uh, George. Great to uh, to be here.
0: And uh, so today, uh, the format is, uh, for our audience out there, you're welcome to join in on the live chat feature on YouTube. And there's a, about a 15-second delay, so, so give us a bit of time to read your live chats. And uh, basically, we'll be going over Chapter 2 of the Crow Manual uh, in order from... 2.1, uh, policy as a foundation, 2.2, cycle-friendly infrastructure, uh, 2.3, the cyclist as a measure for design, uh, 2.4 is actually the specialty of Taya, uh, and then we'll head towards uh, 2.5, which is integrated Design and uh, planning so uh, first I want to talk to Tai about this distinction between um, the designer on the one hand and the uh, the policymaker on the other hand, right because uh, the Chrome manual characterizes, on the one hand, the design process as being orderly, as being uh, recipe based, but then where it interacts with the, the policy side, um, that's where things can get a bit messier and that's where things are much less understood. So, in your professional experience, uh, what is the relationship between policymakers and the designers who actually build the infrastructure?
1: Well, I think there's, uh, well, in practice, uh, they might be uh, separated more than you would like to have them. Um, uh, Designers, uh, of course, you have a job to to provide an attractive, safe uh, and comfortable design. Uh, In the end, the design is... um, uh, should should lead to proper infrastructure or to proper cycling measures or facilities and those measures are there to achieve policy ambitions but in practice or in in implementing uh the ideas it's uh yeah often designers are confronted with solutions for which policy makers are necessary mm-hmm.
0: so actually I, th- I think it's really interesting that that's your perspective um here i think uh, if we look at the the different aspects of how uh the crow manual recommends that design be done right it's number one put yourself in the shoes of the cyclists right number two uh, facilitate uh, uh ensure that fulfill sorry facilities fulfill the policy objectives you know devote attention to spatial planning um, see to it that the function and design and the use of the infrastructure are all in equilibrium. So is there um, something that you could say to, I guess, our mostly our international audience about the importance of putting yourself in the shoes of the cyclist?
1: Um, well, in the end, that is uh, for which you are all doing it, so to say. Um if we want to uh, motivate people to to use their bicycle more and to um, uh, to stimulate bicycle usage then this can only be done if we understand them we understand uh, their characteristics and what is driving them and only then if we can understand that we can make our policy plans and make our designs in such ways that it's aligned with the, 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 the user's needs. And then uh, only then we can be successful.
0: Okay. And I, I want to draw to another, um, aspect here, right? So, um, in, in the manual, it says here, I've it highlighted cycle policy is often ad hoc in nature. Right. And to a significant extent, this is due to the fact that uh, cyclists do not cause much problems themselves. Right. So it, this idea that we're we're kind of we're, we're small and we're buzzing around um, and only entering the picture if problems surrounding other road users have to be resolved. Furthermore, I emphasize this part, cycle policy itself is relatively uncontroversial. Do you have a, a take on that? That the the idea that cycle policy in itself is not very controversial, but it's only controversial when, let's say, uh, you started by saying we have to, um, you know, take take space away from other modes and other users of the road that where it becomes contested.
1: Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Um, uh, it's it's well in itself it's not controversial or no one is against it. Uh, it becomes difficult when. Choices are to be made, uh, and as mentioned, uh, George, um, uh, for putting that uh, for, for implementing uh, your cycling policy properly, uh, you you need uh, space. Mm-hmm. Uh, space to 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 put down uh, well a safe uh, safe bicycle infrastructure for example uh, sufficient uh, of sufficient width with sufficient protection that costs space and uh, well uh, often uh, decisions are to mem- are to be made uh, on how to allocate it is it space to be allocated for cycling for parking for walking for uh, driving. And then it becomes uh, difficult, and then, and that also stresses uh, the need for an integrated approach, an integrated policy approach.
0: Hmm. Um, so in this in this uh, chapter, uh, there is let's go on to two point three, which I'll get, I'm gonna dig it up here. Okay. So two point one is about policy. 2.2 is only actually two paragraphs about, uh, about it's only two paragraphs about uh cycle friendly infrastructure. Um, and really, I think another big piece of this chapter is 2.3, the cyclists as a measure for the design. So I, I began the conversation with that topic and I wanted to get your take on, on another quote here, right? So, uh, it, 2.3 2.3 begins off with saying cycling is physically and mentally demanding. Furthermore, controlling a bicycle requires that one keeps one's balance. Children who are still learning to ride a bike. The effort these things can demand can come at the expense of their attention to surrounding traffic. Um, and I think this speaks quite uh, literally to uh, this idea of uh, Jen P- pind. Pienolosa, sorry, <laughs> uh, where, where he he mentioned um, 880 cities that we should design cities for people who are eighty years old to to eighty years old. Um, do you have uh, any comments on how that can be that concept can be applied to cycling and why cycling is such a important aspect of that?
1: Um, I, I I missed the, the the last part of your question, but coming taking on uh, the the first part, of course it's uh riding a bike is of course a balancing uh, act you Mm -hmm. have to be able to uh, balance the two wheels so it's not a four-wheeler so that's one so it requires some uh it's it it requires uh, physical skills uh, balancing uh, skills Uh, of course it is uh, then riding your bike it's also processing situations around you it is assessing uh, other traffic other users and translating that to, to actions to speeding up to break or to uh, to act so all this this together and the fact that it is uh, balancing and it uses physical exertion that's. Uh, two additional tasks compared to uh, driving a car, where it's uh, it's propelled by an engine and it's uh, uh, kept in balance by uh, by four wheels. Mm-hmm. So that is an, well, uh, two two additional tasks that uh, that makes it maybe more more complex, yeah. and uh, that is what we have to be aware of uh, when we are designing for uh, for cyclists.
0: Very interesting. Uh, We have a comment in the the chat box asking if we have uh, subtitles, and then someone else mentioned that it's live. Yes, at the the moment that we're recording this, it is live. Uh, You know, uh, on YouTube, you're free to add. translations or to add corrections to the the subtitles so we're definitely looking for help on that front right so if you want to translate this interview to to french spanish or german or just uh correcting the the auto subtitles in english uh get in touch with me let me know definitely use some help as uh, we get the knowledge out there Okay, so uh, let's go to perhaps. A, I also, uh, yeah.
1: George, I uh, also see a mention in the yeah. in the chat window, which I think is relevant uh, by by Mark. He's saying, "Don't forget the tricycles. Uh, indeed, they have different dynamics to to bicycles." Uh, and again, uh, we are seeing more new uh, users on our bicycle paths. So it's the, the traditional uh, sitter bike, or in the Netherlands, it's a traditional sitter bike. But we have uh, e-bikes, we have the cargo bikes, uh, we have the tricycles and all differ in speed and mass. And this is also ongoing research on uh, th- these changing user groups and the changing use of, uh, of our infrastructure. That leads to uh, new research and also to explore. Okay, should we? How can we accommodate these users, and what should we adjust in our design?
0: That that's an excellent point, and this uh, this goes in under in the the U S. or U K. This idea of accessibility. So thinking yeah. of bicycles, not just yeah. two wheels, but three wheels, and also uh, wheelchairs, uh, motorized wheelchairs, in there. So the idea of bicycle, pedestrian infrastructure and public transport uh, could be one of the objectives is to make sure that the city is accessible for everyone, uh, regardless of whether it's age, whether it's gender, whether it's physical disabilities, is that we, we do as much as we can to facilitate that. And I think uh, that's a very valid point, having two wheels, three wheels, we shouldn't just focus on the two wheeled aspect of it. Um, Let's uh, move on on that, keep the questions coming in, so uh, I I have one, this this is a quote uh, that's actually quite pertinent to the question that was asked, uh, that the starting point for designing cycling facilities within the compass of sustainable traffic safety is designing for all. Interesting. Uh, cyclists have few standard characteristics. On the co- contrary, cyclists and Netherlands are variegated bunch in terms of age, sex, physical fitness, reasons for traveling, right? And then it goes on to say, which is, uh, I, I find an interesting element that I want to explore in my uh, research is this idea of uh, rapid commuting, right? It says goes on to say, in some circumstances, rapid commuting is central to uh, the design and and I wonder for you, tai, uh whether this idea of uh, rapid commuting, you know, uh, should be quite central to our design of bicycle infrastructure, or are there? Do you see it as being various competing um, objectives?
1: Well, I think it's the reality that we have different user, different user groups, and different needs. Uh, so, we have our rapid commuters that might be riding uh, speed pedelecs. We might have uh, normal commuters that are riding an e- a regular e-bike or a normal bicycle. We have uh, uh, moms and dads uh, bringing their, riding their kids to school and they are all sharing um, uh, the infrastructure. And I think it's up for the, for the planners and for the designers in the end to get to understand uh, mobility patterns, getting to understand the mobility patterns of the different user groups, and then uh, plan accordingly and to see uh, where priorities could or should be made for specific user groups and um where those priorities are not to be made and um uh yeah i think that's 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 the uh, yeah ongoing ongoing reality and it's uh well uh keeping uh the profession of well both policy makers and planners uh dynamic dynamically Mm -hmm. You were also mentioning uh, the safe, uh, safe, safe system, or uh, in in Dutch, duurzaam veilig, sustainable Mm -hmm. or durable uh, road safety. And I think that's also very relevant to take into account. I think it's uh, basically the the, the fundamental, it's it's the fundamental under under all of our design. Uh, The bike design manual is just an excerpt of our complete street design. And our design principles are there to provide a safe system for all, not just the bicycle, but for all road users. Um, And it's also very good to be aware of that. So uh, at uh, the the Dutch research Research Institute SWOF, has mm-hmm. as laid down the fundamentals of this. It's been translated in the handbooks by uh, by Crow. It's been further detailed in the bike design manual. And it's all uh, based on these underlying principles uh, of, of, of our safe system design.
0: Very interesting. Thanks for uh, clarifying that aspect. It's good to get a practitioner's uh, opinion on this. Um, uh, I want to move on to uh, table 2-1, which is on uh, page 30 here. Uh, let me just bring it up. And it has the characteristics of the, the different uh, aspects of, of design for cycling. So I, I just had it. <laughs> 2.1 is about uh, the characteristics of the bicycle cyclist and cycling. Uh, and there are uh, seven different points here, and the seven different points are: bicycles are powered by muscular strength, balancing act, crumple zone, very little suspension. Uh, the cyclist is riding in open air. Cycling is a social activity, which I think uh, that point is missed in many other contexts. And and number seven that people are the point of departure, not the vehicle. Um, so I was I was wondering. So one. Two, three, four, and five, uh, I think, are, are very physical characteristics that, that we should design for. Um, I'm wondering if you had a take on characteristics number six and seven. So that is cycling is a social activity and number seven, uh, people are the point of departure and how these, uh, these two aspects can uh, influence the way that you do your work or influence the way that you train uh, other people to design around the bicycle
1: yeah so uh to start with number six uh mm-hmm. cycling is a social activity um we, we very much like to advocate the function of cycling so uh using the bike to ride to work to ride to school to do your groceries uh dropping your kids at the kindergarten but in doing that it's uh it's, it's not just functional it's by riding together, it's also social. It is uh, talking with each other, uh, catching up. Um, uh, so this is what we have to be aware of: uh, uh, that that this is how people like their sp- to spend their time on the bicycle. And if we can take this into account, we can also, uh, if we plan and design for this, we can also. Um, uh, uh, fulfill in this need for the social interaction. Well, in the end, it's so many things to take into account and this this adding up uh, to it. Uh, I think also uh, by, well, you're, you're mentioning to, to provide sufficient uh, width, to, to cycle uh, uh, two by two or, or one by one or two abreast. Uh, of course, for uh, the social activity uh, argument, uh, this is relevant. But it's uh, also the safety argument that would um, would push this uh, this this design or this design principle. So, um, yeah, of course, there's many engineers and planners that have a sort of technical background for which it's very uncommon or unusual to take these social things into account when designing. But yeah, we hope to yeah, also make them aware that this element is very relevant to take into uh, to account. So that it's not just, well, functional or the activity, but it's also the social interaction, also the experience, uh, the joy, the pleasure you can obtain from, Cycling, cycling itself, but also cycling in a nice environment, which is attractive, which is green, which is spaceful, uh, which has something to see, uh, some uh, things to see, to be surprised. So it is all these softer elements that uh, should not be underestimated.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's, uh, that's well put. Um, I, sorry about the audio. Thanks, Marco, for pointing it out. I'm back. <laughs> um, so let's move on to uh, 2.5, right? We're going to skip 2.4. 2.4 tomorrow's webinar with Taya. 2.5 is all about connecting the uh, the basic, uh, the the micro scale design to larger policy uh, questions. So that, that kind of wraps up 2.1 and brings it full circle. So uh, in terms of... Um, let's say street design, right? That's where the design manual really comes in is the building blocks of the street. Uh, Tai, I wanted to get your um, opinion on how the building blocks of the street then transforms uh, into, let's say a street segment into an intersection, and then as we scale up into neighborhoods, and, and then into cities, and then into regions. And arguably, in the Netherlands, it's just a one big city, so we don't go any further than that. But how does um, how does the the micro level make that transition to the the macro level, right? Uh, which is more dominated by policy. Um, and do you see a breaking point? there so for example if the street design is is very manual based right and then the the top level the street network is more of a policy based thing uh, do you see a division uh, where that uh, the way we have to think about this problem changes
1: yeah I think it's it's not just it's not a division but uh, the message I would like to convey here is that, we should be aware that it's a it's a continuous cycle. Uh, my my key message always is: cycling infrastructure is not about cycling infrastructure. Uh, let me explain that. Indeed, on the micro level, we have the we have the book with with all the solutions and all the design uh, principles, the profiles, the widths, etc. Under certain conditions, but. Um, as, as stressed out or, or put on page thirty nine, yeah, there. Uh, let, let, let me take a quote on this to to to, to underline my uh, my point there. Um, and this is very much a situation we are often confronted with when we talk about how to get the design implemented. Um, so let me, let me quote, due to space claims made by other parties, it will not always be possible to achieve the design desired on the basis of function and use. Cycling interests will then be in competition with other interests. This dilemma crops up in the case of spatial planning conflicts between networks for different modes of transport. And it, and it continues. So this, the the solution for these problems lies in the policy uh, on the policy side or on the meso or macro level. So uh, policy making and is is the key to overcoming these kind of challenges on micro level. It is about getting an integrated policy integrated in terms of across modes, yeah, beyond the bicycle, but also across uh, domains. So it's not just transport or mobility, but it's also urban planning. It is determining on what kind of city you want to be, the role of the different modes in that, defining priority networks for cars, for uh, public transport, for cyclists, and for the pedestrians. And there, the principal choices are to be made on uh, who has the priority and on what quality uh the the quality level we want to achieve and if we have uh, these difficult decisions made in the policy uh, in the policy part already then it, sh- it becomes easier i'm not saying it is just easy but it, it becomes easier to overcoming certain problems at the micro level
0: yeah that's uh, completely agree with that so it it's really this interaction between uh, policy and uh, and design that that if they are done coherently together in the same direction, uh, then it makes life easier for everyone. But if it's done uh, in a way that conflicts with each other, so for example, if someone is trying to build for social cycling on the on the designer level, but then there's no policy support, so all you get is a is a one meter bike lane, then the 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 life of the designer becomes very difficult. Um, so uh, I want to wrap this up uh, in a bit, and uh, and I'll just check to see if we have uh, any more questions unanswered from the live chat uh, before we go. And while uh, while I'm doing that, I'm going to pull up uh, DTV. Oh, sorry, capacity building. Yeah. Capacity building uh, on uh, on the screen here, and. Um, and why don't you tell people a bit about this and uh, tomorrow's seminar?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so as mentioned, uh, DTV Capacity Building uh, is our uh, uh, company's activity on training and education. So as part of this, we provide uh, trainings and webinar. So webinars. So tomorrow I'm hosting a free webinar about uh, bicycle infrastructure design principles so uh, you're very much uh, invited to uh, join this webinar uh, i have two time slots uh, 9 a.m and 4 p.m amsterdam time uh, visit our website to to register so this is not an, uh, an open live stream, but it's uh, it's 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 free to participate, but you have to register, and then you will receive the login details. Um, and uh, yeah, normally I would also uh, spoil you uh, about our infrastructure training. Uh, five days we teach you to to apply the, this manual, uh, but unfortunately we had to postpone um, uh, this training till next year due to the COVID-19. Uh, Situation, uh, but well, I'm still spoiling this. So very much invited to to, to join the training uh, next year.
0: Great. Let's uh, thanks for that. Let's take a couple of questions and then uh, and then and then we'll we'll sign off. So uh, one is uh, well from uh, Marco de Bromuskrut, always uh, giving some good questions here. He he asks while the design manual helps us to make right choices in the space we get. But what about the underlying politics that are inherent in the choices to allocate that space?
1: Yes, uh, well, uh, th- that's one of the things uh, that that uh, the the manual does not cover. Uh, but maybe to to explain to to our international audience uh, and and of course uh, politics uh, are well unpredictable and. Um, uh, may be difficult to understand. Uh, in the Netherlands, we have a, a very strong history in uh, participation involving uh, stakeholders, uh, uh, relevant uh, well, entrepreneurs, uh, advocacy groups, users. And by involving those, uh, we try to create uh, a, make the choices, creating acceptance, and by organizing these groups, which are in in essence also voters, uh, we also try to influence politics. So if we have all the voters uh, behind uh, a certain plan, then politics is also, uh, it it could be influenced uh, through that that line. And of course, the, the, the manual, as such, also has some, some relevant uh, and figures inside. But there are many other facts and figures available on the website of Dutch Cycling Embassy or the ECF, which has a lot of um, information about potential benefits, whether it's economics, whether it's climate, whether it's health, whether it's local spendings. All these type of benefits could be used to convince Politicians to make choices that are in line with their political preference, or their uh, 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 choices uh, uh, that that uh, so these facts and figures could be aligned with uh, w- with politicians.
0: Thank you. Uh, one one more comment, actually, uh, more so than a, a question from uh, Mark Philpotts. Uh, probably are are. He mentions that in many ways the UK experience is about delivering routes rather than networks, or indeed a network of places. Um, I, I I wonder if London is moving towards uh, the the delivering a network um, program with uh, with the London superhighways. Uh, I don't know about your thoughts. You can post it below, but. Um, but i think I think there is that growing realization that we do have to deliver more networks uh, or at least this basic high quality uh, network on on which to build a, a backbone on on which cycling can take place and I, I think it, this is reflected in many of the European practitioners that I've talked about is this idea of a backbone this idea of a of a cycle highway and and the idea of using this network to create um, to build let's say uh, critical that critical mass or or critical capacity on which then other smaller streets can then feed onto. So that's uh, that is I think one of the more important mental shifts that that is happening, moving from this idea of a of a patchwork of of different things, uh, a, a patchwork of bike lanes, a patchwork of uh, even. On the pedestrian level, sidewalks. Uh, one would never imagine having a patchwork of of roads, right? These days, we, we're very attentive to that. So I think that is a, a crucial mental shift. And then a, a level above that is to not only move beyond the patchwork, but to understand that uh, a patchwork, is, that having a network of high quality infrastructure. Is, is what we're really after. So there is moving beyond a patchwork of infrastructure at all. And then uh, another level is to cover off, again, the, the number six and number seven it, uh, points in the Crow Manual, which is enabling a network for social cycling, enabling a network for good experiences that takes you through, um, through the city and using this bicycle network as a network for uh, really experiencing the city. So I'll I'll turn this over to you for a few seconds, and then uh, I'm going to wrap up this conversation uh, by telling you a couple things about the Urban Cycling Institute and what we're up to. So, Tai?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, of of course routes. Well, a collection of routes is a network. Uh, you have to start somewhere. So. Um... What I always take from uh, from uh, Haley Talens, from Crow, I think one of the the, the, the quotes she's making in her presentations is, uh, plan for a network start with a link yeah, or start with a route. Um, it's, it's also, it's, it's relevant to keep building on routes and expanding routes uh, because we, in the end, we also want to have a coherent network so that the network Facilitates you or provides you the opportunity to cycle from any A to any B, so to say. Uh, and these A's and B's in these networks are places, places where we uh, depart from, our homes, and places where we want to go to, uh, work, shopping, etc. So having uh, uh, an understanding of typical patterns where people come from and people would like to go for go to. Uh, and if we have that in mind, and we uh, create routes where there's a psych- uh, to, to to facilitate and to um, give room to the cycling potential, then uh, we create a successful uh, bicycle routes and successful uh, bicycle infrastructure.
0: Thanks, I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, to close off this uh, live stream, I want to alert you to two things uh, at the Urban Cycling Institute. One is the MOOC. So starting April 1st, it's the next uh, certificate session of the MOOC. And uh, and that uh, here, wow, 1,740 people have already enrolled. And I think we're up to like uh, 300 certificates. This is very cool, something to do during the coronavirus that doesn't require you to get out of the house. It's been updated and improved from the January version. And we encourage, uh, as you take the course, to keep uh, the feedback coming, and uh, to clarify, if you're not taking the certificate, you can start at any time, uh, and the only thing you're missing out on is the final essay and the quizzes. Uh, otherwise, the course content is completely free for everyone. And finally, uh, I just made a post uh, for the the first MOOC essays, right? So we're calling this the uh, the most inspiring essay. Uh, uh, Con- it's not a contest, but you know, as I was looking through the the various essays coming in through the MOOC, uh, I thought it would be cool to to try and uh, get the message out there more from the people who've uh, spent the effort to. Uh, type up, you know, 800 words uh, for the final assignment of the course, and uh, myself and a few other people uh, on the selection committee, we got together, made a big spreadsheet out of this, and we selected uh, a few of the top essays. So I'll keep posting this, uh, and and we'll we'll make sure the essays get posted up as um, as uh, the, we get permission to to post this publicly. Okay, so uh, hop in there to urbancyclinginstitute.com, and uh, and we'll also be rolling these out on uh, social media. So, uh, and any last words, uh, Taya, for everyone.
1: Uh, well, uh, great, uh, great that that you uh, you've joined us. Uh, we hope that we uh, were able to to get you some some further and practical insights uh, to the Crow Bike Design Manual, and well, especially to be covering Chapter Two uh, of the manual, which I personally think is the most important uh, chapter. And uh, yes, as already mentioned, uh, if you if uh, like to know more about the design principles. Uh, uh, join me in the webinar or contact me if you have, uh, have further questions. I'll be happy to, um, uh, to, to give answers, uh, to answer them.
0: We could have a poll we were discussing before this, uh, a, a poll for which chapter is, is is your favorite. So we'll see as we move along the next one, uh, we might be shifting around between one, two, seven, eight. Uh, but in the end, I'll collect all these chapters into one playlist on YouTube, and it should definitely make sense. So uh, thank you very much, everyone, for joining, and uh, we'll uh, post the next one uh, shortly. <laughs>